Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back. The NBA is almost here. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline has the best odds for their upcoming games. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Pelicans fans? Welcome to another episode of the Bird Calls podcast. I'm your host and contributor to Bleacher Report and BirdRights.com, Preston Ellis. Today, we have our editor-in-chief, Ali Cosell, and we also have Erie Bayhawks assistant coach, Mary Andrade. How are you, Mary? Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, I'm doing good, time being, of course, but really happy uh, to be here with you guys. We are so excited to have you. I'll let Ali chime in in a moment. But first, just want to introduce you. Five years in the WNBA. Of course, you coached for four years uh, as an assistant at San Diego. I have no idea why you would want to move from California to the Northeast. <laughs> but it was your decision, so we have to respect it. Uh, she was actually the first female coach uh, hired by Erie. Of course, you know, Teresa Weatherspoon is there now. And uh, she's also a former Defensive Player of the Year, which is pretty cool. But uh, before we get into basketball, Mary, we obviously there's a lot going on in our country in terms of COVID-19, also the civil protest uh, in the wake of George Floyd's murder. How have you been reacting to it? How have the past three weeks been for you? And, and how have you been continuing the conversation? Well, uh, like you said, it has been uh, difficult times and a lot of different sides of things but I, th I don't think it's just in u.s i think this has escalated and now it's around the world uh i have i played in europe for so many years so i have people from all over uh europe calling and uh, and just knowing how things are over here uh it started with pan the pandemic uh when you got here i i think you were not prepared for uh for it to be this serious. So end up having a lot of that. And of course that, at least in my, I can talk about my uh, household, my mom is at risk. So she was getting anxious and like making sure that everybody is following what um, the precautions were and uh, limited our um, 
walks or limiting going to the store. So it was pretty much changing uh, the, the lifestyle we were used until now. And then on top of that, then we got to the, um, to the racism um, uh, movement that is going on now. And again, it, it hits close to home because being, uh, I'm not an African-American, but I'm an African. <laughs> so uh, it's just mixed feelings. I, I have two uh, young brothers and uh, actually I am in Boston with my mom and my younger brother is 25. And it breaks my heart thinking that when I leave, every time he calls me and he tells me that he's going to be out, my, my heart going to drop because with everything we're going through now, uh, that's my head and my heart goes right there to the deaths of young uh, black men and women uh, around the country. And of course, that kind of shakes me a little bit. I think it has been going on for a while. And the good thing about the time being is that people are actually doing something about it, not just uh, the black community, but everybody. And I'm, I don't want to say whites, but I would say every human, because this is a human's right. Is uh, the movement now is called Black uh, Lives Matter, but I think is a uh, a human being's life because you have to treasure life. And right now, I think everyone is uh, walking through the right path to, to to try to make changes. Mary, obviously, the uh, G League is not going to come back this season. But the NBA season, as you know, is, is definitely trying to resume their operations here in Orlando. Where do you sit on this divisive topic? Because you know, we've heard, you know, from one side where Kyrie Irving and, uh, you know, Dwight Howard and several others have really expressed and said that the Orlando resumption would basically distract people from what's going on in the world and distract, of course, from keeping the focus basically on the social unrest. So I'm curious, how do you feel about, you know, the NBA resuming the season? Do you think it would be a good thing? Do you think that they could utilize that platform and still further the message? So pretty much that's the first news I always get on my phone at six o'clock when I get up is what the NBA is going to do. <laughs> so and from when I start, uh, reading and get more information about it, I think my idea of what's going on has changed. Uh, I'm at the point right now that I think you have to use your platform as much as you can. And the NBA restarting is great. It's great because you're going to have TVs, you're going to have commercials, you're going to have a platform to whoever wants to watch NBA going to hear about it. You know, and we know NBA has fans not just in the U.S., all over the world. So if players can use their platform and get the, the word out and keep uh, pressing on, on this issue, I think it's great. I understand that people might, my first reaction, I'm not going to lie, my first reaction was, okay, so, so we're not going to talk about this issue anymore. We're going to just going to start talking about sports. Yes, but it's what you do with your opportunity. So you have an opportunity now to escalate even more your message. So a lot of players that want to play, uh, they are players that are very committed to the cause. So I don't think they are going to forget about it because their commitment to the, to the cause is, is it's so big that I think 
is just going to be uh, an extra help to the message they, they want to pass on. Yeah, and that should be the ultimate goal. Mark Spears of The Undefeated had a terrific article uh, yesterday dictating some some ideas towards uh, furthering the conversation even during games. And we appreciate you, Mary, uh, sharing your platform and that opportunity with us. So with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about you. You're uh, one of the assistant coaches uh, for the Erie Bayhawks. Of course, a lot of potential Pelicans players uh, you get to work with every day. Uh, before we get into the specifics of the players, obviously you work on drills, you work with these guys on the court, but you've also been tasked with arguably an even more important job. You work with these guys off the courts, not just to develop them as athletes, but also to develop them as men. What kind of conversations do you have with them? And are you in touch with them right now? Uh, so I, I was very blessed first for the opportunity of being in the place where I am right now. I don't, I don't think that's a lot of people that, uh, that's a lot of us trying to get here and, and hired and, uh, me being hired by the Pelicans was surreal. And when Trajan, uh, asked me if I would be interested in working on developing the guys off the court, I, I didn't even think twice. I, I think uh, because I, I am a former player, I know uh, what it means to be a player and then what comes after. And um, so what I try when I talk with my guys is try to relate. I said, I know you're playing right now and you are thinking about getting old. You're 23, 24 years old. You don't think you're going to get old that quick. But let me tell you, when you love what you do, that time is going to fly. And if you... Don't take uh, action now. Uh, sports has a really sh- I had an Italian coach that says that sports has a really short memory. So you have to let people know what you want to do. You have to learn uh, about sports, about other areas that you think you might have interest in. So when you are done and that ball stops bouncing, you want to have a, a plan B, C, D. So that's what I try to... Um, to enlighten the guys is just, I'm not saying don't be focused uh, in the present and what you're doing right now, but have in mind, start opening your eyes and see things with different perspectives. And maybe you want to find your second passion. And it doesn't mean that you have to act on it now, but at least get informed. Uh, as athletes, in a, in a way, we kind of spoil because, you know, you go to college and depending on the college you go, but a lot of these guys that are in the G League and go to the NBA, they are in top programs. So they have everything handled to them. So when they go to the NBA, it's the same thing. But when you are done with your um, basketball career, you're going to have a a wake-up call to the real world. So you need to develop skills that are going to help you and your family uh, later on in life to, to live and to survive and you know, and so those are the things that I try to to walk them through. And uh, the league is doing a great job of uh, uh, giving them resources that they can use at any time. Anytime they have questions, they want to uh, do internships. They want to know about finance, real estate, uh, music. One of my guys, Vito, uh, is uh, all into to music. So if they want, the league is doing a great job of giving them those resources you just they just need a little push and i am that push so that's it (laughs) that's beautiful mary uh before we get to like the individual players i'm curious if you could just talk a little bit about how you fell into coaching and i recently read 
that you actually want to someday become a coach in the NBA. So please expand on that. So I think it, to me, it was a natural uh, path because when I played and I played for uh, 15 years, like all my coaches who used to say that you are the coach on the, on the floor. And I was like, oh, don't, no, like, like I said, like my players, no, I'm too young. I don't want to think about what I'm going to do after. But they always told me that. And the first time I actually coached, it was in a team in Italy where I was a, a player, a division one player, uh, one of the top teams. And the assistant coach got fired and my coach was looking for the assistant coach for two weeks. And then he came to me, was like, look, you're already a coach, so you might as well just do it. And so I started doing that. And the response of my teammates was great. They Sometimes they had questions and we were in practice. Instead of asking to the head coach, they would ask to me. And I was like, oh, that's great. I like this. <laughs> and then from that, I started, uh, I always have uh, really long conversations and deep conversations with my coaches because I want to know everything. And uh, with time, I think that just rub off. And uh, I went to Portugal one year and I was the head coach of an under-14 team. And then in 2015, I, I, I just finished my season and the coach from San Diego, Cindy Fisher, uh, she was my assistant, one of the assistant coaches at Old Dominion when I, on my alma mater. And she asked me if I was interested in coaching. And I didn't think twice and decided to go to San Diego. I didn't know where was San Diego. Uh, and so a person, when you say I'm crazy of changing, leaving San Diego, well, I didn't know what San Diego was before I got there. But <laughs> it was great. It was uh, four great years where I, I, I kind of switched the 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 flip of players mentality to coach mentality at full time, you know, and just learn a lot. It was a great experience. And then in 2000 and it was like, not like last year, I, mm -hmm. I got in, in, uh, with the ACP program is one of the resources that the NBA have for former players. And I did this, uh, ACP program, um, they got me ready for the next step. Uh, we did two tournaments. One was the PIT, and the second one was the Combine. Uh, it's a very intense program, let me tell you. <laughs> but it sure gets you ready uh, to what is coaching in the NBA and the G League and a lot of technology, uh, analytics, uh, preparing practice, uh, player development. So it touches on every uh, single aspect of the game to get you ready. And I did well. And then at the, the Combine, um, after a couple of weeks, I had an invitation to join the Pelican staff. And I was thrilled. <laughs> there is no shortage of action going on with our partners at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back. The NBA is almost here. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline has the best odds for their upcoming games. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. 
Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Yeah, and we're so glad they got you. It appears they got really lucky by having you uh, join the team up there. You've already worked with some of our favorite players. In addition to that, uh, you mentioned that you have another unique set of skills. Of course, in addition to speaking English very well, you speak Portuguese. Uh, I've read that you also speak Italian, a little bit of French. And the Pelicans uh, have a very intriguing prospect who was selected at 35th overall last year of course we've all followed him very closely at the nbl uh should he uh be pulled up to the pelicans main organization next year uh he could potentially need somebody who is able to help him make that transition not just to the nba but also to speaking english and um you could potentially be that bridge mary have you talked to the pelicans about potentially becoming a a two-way development uh coach well, that's that's a dream, and I know the Pelicans uh, follow they follow the work we do at Erie, so they know that if they ever need help, I I'm always available and to way bring the DD to, to the G League and whatever. And this year, actually, we had a situation like that. Uh, we got a Spanish. Uh, it's not a Spanish. It's from Congo, but he was playing in Spanish in Spain, and so he just spoke Spanish English, not so good. Well, some people might say I don't speak English good, but hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so in timeouts and during practice and uh, after practice, like going over plays, that's what I did. And I think one of the reasons where um, they got me was uh, there was that's one of the things I can bring to the table. So uh, hopefully we will have DD next year. And if they need a two-way for DD, I... I can start running to, from Boston to New Orleans right now. So they just need to let me know. But I, I think like um, having uh, international players, I think more and more is, is going to be a thing in the league because that's the way the, the new uh, game is going through, is just combining the best basketball around the world, whatever that may be. And, and I'm happy that I can be part of it and, Speaking Italian, Portuguese, French, English, Spanish, if that helps, hey, I'm happy. Mary, have you had a chance to talk to Didi, maybe build up a relationship? And since you mentioned the Italian, I've got to ask you, because Nicola Melli's one of the funniest guys, have you had a chance to talk to him? Oh, that was like, I think it was, he was the second person I saw when I first got to, um, to New Orleans. So the story with Nico is that actually I used to follow him in Italy because he's, he, when I played in Italy, he was really young, but he was already playing in Milan. And he used to play uh, with the under uh, championships. And I followed because I had some players that I used to coach during the summer. So I knew of him and I loved him because I was like, he would go and play with all these professional guys and <laughs> not afraid of going out there and making mistakes and keep playing. So I knew Nico, that's what I told him. And it was good because when I first got here, uh, I got there and he started speaking in, in English. And I was like, come on now, we can speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, once in a while, I text him and uh, we, we always text in Italian. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm really, really proud of him for doing well this year that he deserves because he's a great professional. 
All right. We talked about Didi. We talked about Nicolo Melli. Uh, there's a couple other players that you work very closely with that we're very excited about, Mary. And I'm, of course, uh, speaking about our two-way prospects, Josh Gray, uh, who averaged almost 23 points and seven assists in addition to five rebounds. And then Zylan Cheatham, over 16 points, 12 rebounds per game. Uh, both were very successful this season. Talk a little bit about your work with them. Well, you are talking about two of the, the most hardworking guys I've been around. I mean, uh, their work ethic is great. I mean, and, and I think that's why they are where they, uh, where they are. Like Josh Gray, you might have a uh, back-to-back, and you will see him the next day at 8 o'clock in, in the gym. So, like, that is no doubt. Like, he works so hard. He, he, he makes people around him better. Uh, you know, is um, the team uh, needed him to be successful, and he he, he responded. And you're talking the second guy, Z. Like, if you want to build a, a winning culture, you need to have a guy like Z. Great energy, so intense, uh, can lead his teammates. Those are two great guys. Like uh, having the uh, two-way coaches with them and. Uh, doing the the extra work, they're always in the gym. That is not a complaint about it, uh, and they know they know that's what they have to do. That they, they, they do the work, and now it's just a matter of time for them, in my opinion. Mary, do you think Zylan and everybody? This you know we've had three months now with no basketball, and everybody's talking about how they really expect maybe Zylan to challenge for a spot on the Pelicans roster next year. Do you think he has what it? not only takes, but do you think that he would be successful in uh, the NBA starting as soon as next year? Well, in this year, he actually, like, a couple of times that he came up, he, he gave his contribute. Of course, it was because of injury, and unfortunately, the Pelicans kind of struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year. But whenever he was called up, I think it did uh, what he was expecting from him. You know, and that's what he's working on. And I don't think Zylan has is a guy with a feet like on the ground. He knows that when he gets a a call up, he's is gonna do what the team needs him to do. And the, the great thing about it that is that that's the way he is. You know, uh, if the Pelicans need him next year, and I can see uh, having him up from his energy, work ethic, uh, helping the the, the the rest of the young guys, because the good thing about the, the Pelicans is that's a lot of young guys, mm-hmm. you know? And I think Z can be one of the young leaders because he can be uh, throughout. Uh, um, he's a vocal leader. He's a lead by example. So I think the young guys can get a, a great um, example out of him. Uh, speaking of young guys, the Pelicans 17th overall pick uh, because the Pelicans are so deep in the backcourt. Uh, they relegated him to get some experience in the G League near the end of the season. I think it was late February. And uh, Nikhail Alexander-Walker spent two games with the Erie Bayhawks. Can you tell us uh, a bit about uh, your relationship with him, what you guys worked on, and what you saw from him in those two games? Look, here we go again talking about being guys, but great. he's a great professional already. You know, he came down and... Uh, his uh, ability to to integrate the team and what we were doing, like I think that's really hard. Like, like I play professional, but I was never put in that situation that I I, I practiced with the Pelicans and then just came down and in what 
eight hours, I need to learn what the, the eatery is doing and, and doing it. I think that shows great maturity, even in a young age. And when he came down, it already like the chemistry in practice was different. The intensity in practice was different. And that's a, the kind of NBA players do to a team. He's an NBA player because he makes everybody else around him better. Uh, you work on what he had to do. Sometimes uh, some of the teams and talking with some coaches around the league, they they said, yeah, sometimes it's good having NBA players, but, you know, they come and they just want to, uh, they want to, I'm going to do me. That's the expression. Put up use. their numbers. Yeah. Yes. But no, Nikhil, great professional. Like the guys love playing with him. He ran the team. And I think that's what the, the growth that the Pelicans want to see in him. Okay, you practice with us and maybe you're not getting as many, as many minutes as you were getting in the beginning. So still working on your growth with another team, with the Erie. And he did it. Like he matched. And I was amazed because he got a, he tweaked a little bit his wrist uh, after the first game and he had to play. So he was indecided if he was going to play against Maine or not. And he ended up playing. He ended up playing it. He wanted to play, you know, so that shows great character. And it was his right hand. So he was, you know what? I'm going to develop my left hand. And he starts the game with a three-point with his left hand. I was like, how amazing You're is kidding this? me. Oh, I didn't catch that. Wow. Okay. I'm like, are you kidding me? So it's like, just being there is a great role model for the other players. And I think that's, that is platform. That's, that's what he has to do to grow and, and, uh, be on the top league and a higher level, and he's doing what he has to do. So, great guy. Yeah, we've heard nothing but positives about him as well, and I enjoyed talking to him while uh, during the last Las Vegas Summer League. Seems like a really great kid, even though, you know, he, he's still young, right? But he, he looks like he's going to have a nice, bright future. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot, and I know that you, you probably like every single person that you work with on Erie's roster, but who are a couple maybe players that should be on our radar? Like, for instance, whether Jalen Adams, Cavell Bigsby, Williams. Give us, you know, a scoop on maybe two, you know, two guys that we should be aware of. See, this is like asking a mother which uh, <laughs> children you like the most. That's not, that's like, it shouldn't be even a question. Like, but no. Well, you can I talk think, about all of them a little bit then. <laughs> no, they, they're great guys. That's the bottom line. I think, uh. If you want to build a winning culture, you need to start with that. You need to start with the person first because once you get the person to buy in, great things can happen. Uh, when, when you get the, the, the person to uh, fight to adversity and both teams, Pelicans and us, had adversity this year with injuries, with changing of roster and... But I think the, the most important thing, especially in our league, that, that's a, a development league, is the growth. So I think all the guys, and we just had the end of the year um, meetings, and all the guys, like not excluding one player, got better. And at the end of the year, that's what you want. Uh, things that they didn't do uh, in the beginning, things that they maybe fight a little bit because, you know, that's sometimes players and maybe I was one, I don't remember, but maybe I was. And I think that I need to get better at this. And then the coach tells you, yes, but I think what's going to get you to the next level is this, this, and this. 
you know, and the guys at during the season, they bought in and actually towards the end of the season, that's when we were playing our best basketball. So choosing a, a, a I won't do that to you. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so they all, they all, they all our children, uh, the staff is, I was very blessed with the staff that we had at, at, at Erie. Uh, we are there for them, and uh, whenever they they wanted us to take them to the groceries, go shoot, uh, anything, we were there. So he's like a family. So I ain't picking no no family members. I love them all. I love them all. <laughs> Mary, I'm glad you bring that up actually because it reminds me of what I really should ask you about. From day one, when David Griffin was hired to be you know New Orleans Pelicans vice president of basketball operations, he prioritize family, organic relationships. And so when the Pelicans even struggled out of the gates, they went through a 13-game losing streak. You know what? That locker room held together. They, they never started calling each other out. There was no uh, fights. You know, normally things start going wayward with teams, especially in the NBA, right, with these players. But it didn't happen here in New Orleans. So do you feel like what is trying to be established here in New Orleans is, is kind of the same goals that, you know, David Griffin, Trajan Langdon have for Erie, you know, and, and their G League roster. And you saw that basically develop along the same lines to where, you know, chemistry, family atmosphere, that's such, you guys play such a huge priority on that. Yes. You're talking about two people that are not new to this, uh, to this world, the basketball world, right? So they know like Trajan played, uh, Actually, it's a fun thing. Uh, he was drafted to Cleveland when I was in Cleveland with the mm. WNBA. So I, I, I followed Trajan's career, not just uh, in U.S., but also overseas because he went to Italy and I was playing Italy at the time. Um, so they know. Trajan knows because he was a player. Uh, Griff knows because he has been around for a long time. They know that a regular season is not, you're not going to have just hype. You're going to have lows. And What's going to stick together is your character. So I think they do a great job when they are getting players. The main thing is what character I, can I expect from this guy? So they're building a team with, with players and staff that have great character for those moments. Because, you know, when you win, everything is like, hey, high fives and smiles and cheers. But that's not realistic. You're going to have up and downs during during the season and because they so experience and what they do, they know that they need uh, people like that. And I think that's why, uh, like you said, they had a 13 game losing streak at the beginning, but at towards the end of the season, they were like eight or nine wins out of 13 games. So it, I always, when I played, I always like to think that it's not how you start, but it's how you finish. And it's not done yet, you know. It's not done yet. That's so right. That's right. Uh, we're in it, so let's go. Uh, Fingers Mary. crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Mary. This has been absolutely wonderful. For those listening, you can follow Mary Andrade uh, at her name, then twenty three at the end. Assistant coach for the Erie BayHawks, and we are desperate to see more of you next season, hopefully in New Orleans. But just in the meantime, we wish you health and happiness, and wish you the best, and uh, stay safe up there, and. Uh, Hey, enjoy your summer. Oh, thank you so much, guys. You guys enjoy your summer also and stay safe. Uh, thank you for your great plat platform and not being uncomfortable uh, about uh, talking about some arguments and 
I, like I said, if everyone does a little bit, we will be in this together. And thank you for, for showing up and put the, the problem out there and talk about it and not be uncomfortable talking about it. So once again, thank you. for listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today